Meet us this day, O God, in the fullness of your birth, in the fullness of the light that dawns on us in this new year, and in the fullness of our own lives as we listen closely to your word as it makes meaning for our lives and grant that your son Jesus' face would be revealed afresh in this service and throughout our days on this, your world. Through that one we pray. Amen. This holiday season, as in many others, our family has watched the first of C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia series, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. When our children were young, this series held our son and two daughters wrapped. Perhaps it was the adventure, the journey, the magic of children stumbling through a wardrobe and entering a world of beauty and terror with an evil queen, a very good lion, half-human and half-beast characters, Or perhaps our children's young mind held the past, the present, and the future in one sweep with timelessness, and that might have been what was the lure in this wonderful series. As I sat with our now-grown daughter and my spouse watching the Disney version of Lewis's work, I was moved once again by what I might describe as threshold moments. That is, moments when you stand on one side of the door, whether entering a wardrobe while playing hide-and-seek, or the threshold crossed by the people of Israel who made their way home, as cited for us in Jeremiah's prophecy. Or in the opening of the Gospel of John, as we lean close again to hear the words that beckon us across a threshold, in a very powerful way. We arrive here at Memorial Church this day in a new year. We arrive here on a threshold from past to future, and we hear the words in the gospel, and as we hear them, we're drawn toward a new beginning. In the beginning, the words ring out, And of course, it's no mistake that these words echo the very first words of the biblical canon. In the beginning, God created. Yes, in the beginning was the creative spark of God. And it was in that beginning that the word was spoken. The creative and created word, the realization that dawns at the beginning in the whole sweep of the created order that God speaks the world into existence. And it is that same God who holds the cosmic life that swings from the planets far from our naked eye who also draws us into the intimacy of the word made flesh. All very, very good. And yet, in Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, or in the words of Jeremiah, or John's Gospel, each of these were written in times of great uncertainty. The writers strained to make sense of their times. In Lewis's case, the Blitz of London in 1940, 
or in Jeremiah's words, to a people in exile, or the Gospel of John addressing a Christian community who are in the thick of massive theological quandaries, wondering if this Jesus who walked on the earth was really a God-man who did not feel what we feel or were trying to understand how the life and death and resurrection of Jesus as the incarnation of God came into being. All take us to situations of uncertainty, and they also take us to situations of new beginnings, children stepping over a threshold into an alternate world, one dazzling with life and challenges of the vision quest type, Exiles weeping with disbelief and unquenchable joy at their homecoming. And in John's case, linking the redemptive work of Jesus who walked on earth, who was born of Mary, who healed and taught and went to the cross and died and rose to new life, healing all of that work with the creator of the world, God. And the gospel invites the hearer into a new world, and by stepping over that threshold from past to future, your life will never be quite the same again. I don't know about you, but having come through the season of Advent and having explored the texts from Matthew and Luke's Gospel, the Gospel of John is so abstract. We come through this season having journeyed across another threshold to a cattle barn with a kicking baby swaddled in the arms of his mother, alongside of a father, all of whom have made a very long journey. And in addition, the stories that we have heard unfolded with a decreeing emperor, angels on a hillside declaring the birth of a child to the Savior, to shepherds out in the field. Our reading today is untethered language, mysterious, abstract, refusing to be penned down. John's Gospel speaks of a God who crosses the threshold of time and space and creation and love and comes to us. It is grand. It is cosmic, and it arises from a theological frame that wonders how the peasant rabbi from Nazareth, of all places, is associated with this God who was there at the beginning. John, the gospel that has long been understood as a Gnostic gospel with all its shadowy places and spaces for light to seep in, no doubt knew his own dark times, like his elder brother Jeremiah, who sings out of the darkness words of shimmering illusion. John says it again this way, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that enlightens us all was coming into the world, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth, and we have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from God. Notice that John doesn't name the light, but it comes out as sort of a whisper, such a contrast from the shout of angels on high the night that Jesus was born. 
But it is not only the denseness of the abstract poetic language and high Christological assumptions that is challenging, but there is a real possibility that we might hear the words and miss the word. We have been hearing these words for many years, I suspect. We know them by heart. And yet today we're asked once more to cross over into the fullness of time, into the light that enlightens us. And we come to a threshold this day, and as we come to it, we may fear crossing over into the new, the abundant light of Jesus Christ, because it could have too great a cost on our lives, and because we live in a time in history when the cost of faith is very high. John's entire gospel recounts event after event where people, for a whole host of reasons, miss who Jesus is. And John redirects our gaze to those who received Jesus, who trusted him, who found themselves by a creative act of God, reborn and empowered to be children of God. One writer says, on the surface, they hardly seem potential candidates for the divine family, a Samaritan woman, an unnamed Roman official, a man born blind, an extravagant Mary of Bethany. They are somewhat unlikely group to become the community that is called into being and nurtured by the revelation of God in Jesus. But that in itself tells us something about God's character about the powerful direction of God's revelation. It takes us to the intersection of high Christology and Christology from below. It places the historical Jesus on the dusty roads of Galilee and also in the company of God who acts in unimaginably gracious, incredibly loving, and heaping with bounty of nothing less than the air we breathe, the sun that warms us, the moon that lights our night's path. And it brings us to the reality that there are many questions that challenge us in these beginning moments, the matter of our own beginnings as we approach the threshold of grace and trust in the one that meets us there. I'm convinced that many of us miss the long-expected Jesus, but we also miss the word made flesh within us. Episcopal priest Barbara Brown Taylor suggests that each of us has a word that is a gift for bringing forth the life for the rest of us. She says Jesus not alone, is not alone in this word-made-flesh business, He has brothers and sisters able to do the works that he has done since Jesus has returned to the bosom of God. And so my question for you this morning is, what is the word that draws your energy in this New Year's week? For some of us, that word is justice. For others, it is compassion. For some, generosity or creativity. For others, patience. And like John's prologue, these are just words until we act upon them. But when we live out compassion with someone we would rather avoid, 
when we open our livelihood for someone who is destitute, when we pause to look in the eye of a person who is serving us in a restaurant, the glory of these words arrive. But these words made fleshness also finds its footing in community as well. Think of how we describe this particular church as the space of grace. That space is more than a building. It is the generous opening of these doors to stressed out students during finals or stumbling into the beauty of the Pusey Room that reminds us of the history and graciousness of this amazing university. Or that magnificent word, music. Simply declaring we have wonderful music here is one thing, but when music grabs the spirit of listeners and takes them to the celestial light, it is quite something else. Or what about that word service? Our grants committee knows that putting skin on that word is incarnational light. Beginning matters. And it comes most often when these words are made flesh within us. It comes when we step over the threshold and encounter anew the word made flesh. It is like what Salvadoran American scholar Manuel Vasquez calls the little religions. He talks of local vision and practice that are beamed out to far-flung places, and there is a global community of care comprised of these little religions. African women planting trees in their villages to revitalize the ecosystem. Volunteers around the world caring for the poor and building schools and hospitals. Doctors and nurses treating injured war. Young people redefining interfaith dialogue in Chicago. Krista Tippett interviewed Vasquez several years ago on her program Speaking of Faith. She says, it remains for the rest of us to see and honor the vigor of such efforts, their undeniable reality, their force in and beyond the fluid mystery of time. The word made flesh in them and the word made flesh in us, arising from simple acts of care and love, arising from a word that awakens the heart, that stirs the soul, that breaks into the day full of grace and truth. We stand at the threshold with 2016 beckoning us. And we open the first chapters of John and we encounter an invitation to a radical new beginning. It is mighty hopeful, really, because it is up to us to step over that threshold and live out these moments of little religion, of little words. And yes, it is up to us and the person sitting next to you and the one over across the way and the faculty member on this campus who may not be a believer, who would never show up in this place, Memorial Church, but all the same, their little religion awakens when they lift their grandchild for the first time or the tears that spring to their eyes when they watch a thought dawn on their students the first time and a great light stream across the student's face. 
It matters terribly, the beginning of this day, the beginning of this year, and the beginning of your life, which, as the saying goes, today is the first day of the rest of. And it matters terribly, the encounter with the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. At one point in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the children encounter Aslan. Aslan is a tough, strong, brittle lion, but a good one. Aslan is not tame, not to be trifled with. And this image of a sort of metaphoric god in Aslan, as understood by Lewis, is one that asks not for only part of our life, but for the whole of it. Lewis, who called himself the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England, rejects any tame god whose kindness does not rise to the level of supreme goodness and therefore is not really an answer to the deepest longings of our heart. Rather, Lewis's writing invite us to attend to a god whose goodness like that of a dentist, sometimes hurt, who offers only heavenly comfort because there is finally no earthly comfort, and who wounds our grasping and possessive nature by simply being goodness itself. This God is revealed in the word made flesh, who pitched his tent in the wilderness of his time, And that word beckons us to step over all that holds us and to receive, to enter, and to allow the light of Christ to overtake us with grace and mercy and life. The word becomes flesh in us this day through receiving the body and blood of our Savior Jesus. And it gives us the courage to step from this place into this world with love. Thanks and glory be to God for this day of our lives and for all that fills us with mercy and love. Amen.